Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. comic book nation season five i was too busy jamming to that new intro music for our shortened countdown i'm your host kofi outlaw with me today i got the regular crew with me matthew aguilar janelle wheeler connor casey and we are the only show who does it all for geek culture and today is another day where we are going to prove it and today's show we got to talk about the end of squid game the challenge those deadpool three leaks the game awards are here so we got to talk about that Plus, we have a bunch of other media, TV stuff, comic book stuff, gaming, table pop. I think we're going everywhere today, so let's just jump in and get started right at the top. So, guys, somehow we fell into becoming a uh, Squid Game Challenge recap show. It wasn't intentional. We were just trying to uh, get through the Thanksgiving holiday, but uh, here we are. I know Connor Casey's probably wanting to, like, you know, punch holes in the wall because we're still talking about this but But between between this and and the season two announcement i'm just like i i weep for humanity kofi i I weep for the rest of humanity in that show for season two after i sign up my brother yes it's time to squid game so we got to the end of uh squid game the challenge I, i mean my favorite horse won so this is a spoilers thing i'm my favorite horse in this one, so I was happy with the finale. I thought they, they did a good job, and uh, there, there's something I'm going to nitpick later when we get to it, but um, what did you guys think about the final episode and the final kind of test and game that we got with this series? Let's throw it over to Janelle, who was mm. like the most surprising person to jump on board this Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I guess not that. I loved the original Squid Game, so like, of course this it's close guys this is very close to squid game except you just don't die you just pretend to die so i mean it's it's if you liked the and show you die inside yeah Many of them yeah died inside, and yes. they were like emotionally wrecked when they left yeah, so it I mean. was like it was it was really serious i think in the bubble we've talked about this before but i i was actually very surprised with the end game um my favorite got eliminated during the bridge challenge and then i didn't really care who won because they didn't spend much of the series kind of showing any of the final characters so i was just kind of like i don't know who any of you are and i don't really care um but it is interesting that the final challenge is just basically chance like it it there is no physicality like there's no skill like it's just chance most of it well i think and i wrote about the finale and first of all we have to stop this because i'm such a great show host that i've been beaten down into just getting on here and just cranking these things out that we didn't even acknowledge this is our 400th episode i've been oh like, my gosh all week. Happy we didn't 400 like you can see how we are now we're just coming here we're like machine. <laughs> we um yeah there's we this is for this is our 400th episode and like comics we are talking legacy numbering We've had a number of episodes, bonus episodes, like spin-off episodes, like the poll list. Wow. Listen to poll list every Wednesday for the latest comics. But um, yeah, legacy-wise, this is our 400th episode, which is crazy. 
that is absolutely insane that we've done like that many episodes of this podcast so yeah i said it on twitter but like let's uh do it formally here thank you guys uh you three have been i mean matt's been here since the beginning when it was just me him and a tiny couch where we were uncomfortably close to each other every episode i just saw a picture of that tiny tiny couch couch. (laughs) i had to share it with bd Oh um, yeah, you guys. Yeah, you guys had to do it before and after after the dead. Okay. Yeah, and uh, but Janelle and Connor, you guys have been here like super duper long. I think Janelle's been here since the end of season one. Connor has been appearing on this show like he's been our meg- regular guest that we just decided to keep him around. We're like, look, <laughs> we'll tell you when we don't need you. It's just it's a much shorter process <laughs> to do that. Um, we always need Connor. Yeah, mm. so we've had everybody here, and it's been five years, half a decade, if you can wow. believe that. And there is there's just a lot of things we never address because we don't go behind the scenes of the show that much. We we just try to keep it entertaining for you guys. And usually we just have so much to cover that we try to cover it all in the time allotted to us. But, um, yeah, there are so many people that we should thank who make comic book nation happen every week. We have like one of the most fun and weirdly diverse staffs of people making this show. There's so many people you guys never see or rarely see. There's like Rich in the booth and Rich is sick today. So we're hoping he feels better. Peter, our producer, uh, John Mason, who's our head of video, Aaron, who came in just today to put this screen on behind me and is just, <laughs> you know, helping out, even though I was going to sit here in the dark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> who edits all our socials, like Asperson, who. You know, my buddy Jen Casperson, who designs all the logos and stuff for this show. Like, there's so many people that make this thing happen and and have kept us alive for five years that uh, we want to thank everybody and all the comic book staff members who come on the show and help us with all the stuff we can't possibly have that much knowledge of. You know, there's so many people who know so many things on this site. And pretty much, I think we've gone through pretty much all of them at some point or another on the show, which is also really good because that's what we made this show for. It was supposed to be a reflection of our crazy team and offices at Comic Book. We were tucked in Nashville. Nobody understood how wacky, uh, you know, we were living in Willy Wonka's factory there back then. Uh, somewhere between Willy Wonka's factory and the Mad Men offices, I, I would kind of character, characterize it as. And uh, it was just a show to kind of showcase more than we were willing to write down on paper and, and the knowledge and discussions we wanted to have. And so, yeah, man, it's been crazy. We are comic books' longest surviving show. I, I don't think that gets pointed out enough. There have been a lot of shows that, you know, didn't make it. Uh, we've been here five years and counting, which is yeah, yeah. We are we are now one of the Walking Dead. We're like those Carol Daryl elites. So <laughs> again, um, four hundred episodes, five years, guys. Uh, any reflections from you guys about how crazy it's been? Our, our behind the music is going to be wild, right? i mean just just like changing offices alone was such a big step surviving covid and all of the you know non-news um i'm really proud of us in itself how do you make a show about everything in entertainment when there was no entertainment yeah uh, i mean when the tornado hit like comic book opened up the office to me and let me do my live stream like my twitch stuff oh that's right like i mean it's kind of like a little family and they really do take care of of everyone and it's just it goes beyond just the podcast i mean it's it's a lovely group of people so i'm i'm happy to be a, a very small included part of it 
No, you're very oh, big part. It. Yeah, you're very big part of it. There's not uh, a time to be humble. Like yeah. I just found. Uh, um, it's funny. I'll share them on on social uh, after the show. But I actually last night, and I actually meant to to throw them in. But I found like two photos. I found like one. They were both from the same office, but the studio was completely reworked because like we had a desk in one, and then we had the other one was the tiny couch. But it's hilarious that even in the tiny couch, you can see in the window Connor's working. Like so, even <laughs> even from those early episodes, Connor was still involved. I was always making <laughs> uh Yeah, it's it's been a trip. It's been so fun. This is one of the um, highlights of of my week. Every single week, uh, and I just love uh, the interaction and the people we've we've had the chance to meet and become friends with uh, through the show, outside of the show. Uh, it's been amazing. So you know, here's to as Connor said, here's to you know, four hundred more. Oh exactly. my god, that seems yeah. so long. Oh it, my it, god. It, it is crazy. And I'll tell you guys, Kofi, I told you this. Um there was a stretch there where the absolute highlight of my work week was getting in here and coming to talk to you guys and everybody who follows along with the live chat. That's it's it's been a blast. And uh yeah, here's to the next four hundred. Ooh, there are people hey. in the comments offering me a serious relationship. Thank you, but I already have one. Uh, <laughs> let's move along. A few years late for that. Yeah, yeah, let's move along, but thank you, kind bot. Um, yeah, uh, let's see. Real quick before we get back on, on task, uh, let's see some top moments for the podcast. Uh, for me, I think it would be our Joe Manganiello interview where oh, we kind yeah. of oh, yeah. Twitch front page, made some breaking scoops and... Uh, you know, we just had fun with uh, Joe Manganiello, and it was good to know that we could uh, hang with with somebody that, you know, buff and pretty and famous, and <laughs> we, we were okay. And, and, yeah, that was a good time. And I think those were during the – that was like a highlight of our COVID episodes. So that was a whole lot of fun, man. Um, yeah. I Vincent D'Onofrio for me. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. He yeah, was that was awesome too. so soulful and, and like, deep – and it's just it's infectious i love i love following him now even though didn't he get rid of his twitter why did he do that he's he smart, because he's smart he's, he's smart, smart. <laughs> he's smart. He's smart man. he doesn't wait for the boat to sink he's and knows to stay on yeah. top and get out you know um brywood uh one of our longest fans and shout out to all our long fans Bry, you know brywood damon all the people from uh, agents of fandom chris chipperson uh bruce Bruce Wayne, you know, Andrew. Distance nerding is great. Distance yeah, thank nerding you all in the game. There's so many people who have been here. And, um, yeah, the Joker episode was another top one. Oh, yeah. boy. <laughs> boy. I think we that's still that one, one of our highest downloaded, downloaded yeah, episodes because yeah. of that wow. argument. Yeah. Turn up um, Charlie Ridgely. Oh, we went in. He was so mad. I've never seen Charlie so mad. And Charlie <laughs> Mad is the best thing for a podcast you could ever have. Um, yeah, it's so good. So, I yeah, gotta say, we could have done um, a whole Simpson style retrospective on this. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I I think uh, for my for me it's tied. I think um, our first Tom King interview. Uh, mm. I was I was super. I was Wait, super I wasn't hyped here for that. that. Was I? No, because it, oh, it's my. just timing. You were on vacay. You're on vacay. And I felt so bad because it's just the timing worked out. But it was so but it was so great. And then, of course, you got a chance. And and even Janelle, I remember in that interview, Janelle asked a question on your behalf because she was like, I have to get this in there for, for Kofi. And Aww. it was the most Kofi question 
ever. So it was like perfect. Um, and then, uh, so that one was great. And then uh, Raquel uh, Rodriguez, uh, when we had her on the show and she was sitting on her like giant throne uh, from whatever <laughs> studio it was. And then I froze my camera froze. And so I froze in like this position because I was like super excited about something when it stopped and then had to do like three, four minutes of the interview and ask like legit questions while I was frozen in that spot. It was a, it's a good memory. My good God. memory, okay. and uh, she's a, you know, friend And I of the think show. that says it all about Matt, that his two favorite memories of the show are the time I was away and <laughs> the time things broke. Like, yeah, oh. about right. Okay. Good. So that's been our retrospective about 400 episodes of this, you know. I wish we had the bleeps ready, but it would be too, it'd be too quick now. I can't curse. So, uh, what was that Bill Paxton from Aliens? I got any questions? Hudson. How do I get out of this chicken outfit? You know, one of the greatest. <laughs> Bill Paxton. All right, so back to Squid Game. Yeah, man, it was crazy. Like, Squid Game was crazy, and I, I liked the ending. I liked that we got, and this is going to be spoilers now, I liked that they made it. I think that the final game combined the two things that this series loved the best, which were kind of psychological, you know, chess games between the players and random chance that just can screw everything up. And that's what the final game was, was because rock, paper, scissors, shoot does have a level of strategy to it. You're not you're playing what you think the other person thinks like. And that's always and I know this because in my marriage, rock, paper, scissors is about as serious as that squid game version was. So when I saw that, I was like up. I was like, oh, I texted my wife. I was like, I can't wait for you to get to the end of this. And she texted me back because it's real serious. We make major decisions, you know as you know parents and who's going to do the work and who's going to clean this and that based on these games and so i got the rock paper scissors of it all but then the key element was random like you said and then i kind of liked that and it actually made for a compelling last game i was like oh every time they turned the key you were like <gasps> and they milked it and so i was good with it only thing i'm not good with as many pointed out is if you have something called squid game the challenge but you never include an actual squid game. Is it a squid game? Nah, I don't know. I don't know about these things. Ooh. Did they have to beat the hell out of each other in the finale in, in the show version? Well, that's, yes. Anything that, I mean, that's why Tug of War was replaced, obviously. Um, mm -hmm. The squid game was replaced, obviously. Anything that would have required, you know, American gladiator style tactics, I think they were careful not to get into that especially with the range of players that they were yeah, yeah. phil versus my in an actual squid game would have been that have been ugly so yeah we didn't do that but i liked and i wrote up an article about the biggest changes i i like all the changes because there were some things you had to do like uh in the original show they had the no vote after the first game they played the first game, red light, green light. Everybody was all scarred. And they're like, you can stop now if you all vote the majority. And there, there's that whole thing that they it's by one person that they have to keep going. Obviously, in a reality show, that wouldn't make sense. Everybody signed up to keep going. Everybody signed up for the money. So you right. replace it with tests in between. And also, like, yeah, in the show, in between games, players were knocking each other off. You're not going to have that. So you have the tests. I think they did a really good job of adapting this for a reality game kind of game show competition and i think the sickest thing about it is it ends by inviting all of us to also ignore the clear divide between the morals of the show and this game show 
and sign up for it as well to be emotionally broken, even though we just watch those people get emotionally broken and millions will. Capitalism. All right. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I'm still we made a social. If you guys go on Instagram and comic book, we made a social out of Connor Casey's theory. We're trying to put it out there in the aether of how they should start Squid Game season two are of the actual show. And I feel like they can churn out more of this reality show, obviously quicker than that. So I hope we do get another season of this. And then we, they take Connor's idea and we think we're getting a third season. And it's the actual show comes back. And I would love to see how the actual show and this game show, there's a weird way you could make this a meta kind of conversation between the two. Mm-hmm. Like we saw at the end of the first season, that these squid games are a larger thing happening. Right. So I would love to see what happens when people start getting like it gets out there that it that this is happening. But people aren't. The reaction isn't, you know, it's like Luke Skywalker. It's not going to be like you think mm-hmm. in season two. And people are like throwing themselves into this and others wholeheartedly. Um, that'd be interesting. But uh, this was fun, guys. I didn't think this was going to become a big uh, thing for us. But here we are. Any guy, anybody got any final thoughts about Squid Game? I mean, it was just fun. It, it was it was a nice change from Christmas movies and shows and baking things on Food Network. Like it's, you know, it was it was awesome. It was nice to have this going. And if I mean, if I liked it, I feel like, you know, the audience can be pretty broad on it. So, yeah, I loved it. Yeah. Matt, uh, as our gaming. And as Kofi for season two. Oh man, yeah, no, I've, dude, you should apply. In. Like, it would be. Dude, this is amazing. the second time today this has come up. So, like, I, I Nick like, is. I think you Nick, guys are Nick Valdez is. Really? Signing me up to be emotionally broken. We That's have what you're to doing. Get comic book representation on the show. I saw something in Slack where Nick was like, "All like was going to do it," and if not now, I feel like pressure should mount, and so we should try and get him to. <laughs> <laughs> to to get I in already there. did the reality show Absolutely. thing. Now it's up to you guys. As we said, what before, you gotta do it. <laughs> I think this this reality show version of this is just gonna you know it it proved already. Yeah. It's a big hit. We're getting a season two. I mean, this thing could go on for. I think I really think this thing could go on past whenever the actual series goes. Oh yeah, you know, oh, uh, yeah. because there's a obviously probably a finite story there, but with this man. I mean, look at look at all of this could be another MTV, you know, real world or the challenge thing. We're looking back at like season 19, you know, season 20. Like those shows go on forever, you know, and they they never end. So, um, yeah, I feel, like this, this I feel like Cam and Mace up here. I just want to say pause every two seconds. Pause. How good are the <laughs> Black Panther? You guys are wild in the comments right now. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. But um, yeah, Squid Game is on Netflix now. The original show, the reality show, you can. If you feel like getting in here, if you want to save your soul like Connor, you don't have to invest in all this. But uh, <laughs> I say join us. All right. So moving right along, um, this next thing that we're going to be talking about are we're going to talk about carefully, very carefully. OK, very carefully. Hmm. So I put this in here. We're going to talk about the Deadpool leaks. But I wanted to this was more of a soapbox thing that I wanted to do uh, rather than talking about the actual leaks. I don't want to talk about what the actual leaks were. I've, uh, you know, my job, I have to see all this stuff eventually because the internet and I just got to know what's going on so I can keep up with the conversation and write. So I know what's happening in the leaks. Um, but yeah, we're not going to discuss what actually happened because like, here's what I want to talk about. Like, this is getting like, 
I mean, this is an ironic thing to say since I'm one of the first pers- people who started helping this be a major part of our content <laughs> lanes was uh, making set photos and reporting on set photos. Uh, that was our big, that was a big part of our game at Screen Rant. But I was also there for when the lawsuits started. So yeah, that's when we kind of learned very quickly that you can't just make content and articles out of just showing everything and spoiling thing in set videos. And I also learned very quickly that seeing movies after that is not fun because I spent quite a few movies of the 2010s, you know, looking at every set video, looking at every set photo, like knowing every single beat. And I went to movies and it just after a while became like me checking a checklist of beats of things I already was congratulating myself for knowing instead of enjoying a movie. So I think we've reached the peak. I think in this Deadpool thing is a good example of of what these set videos and photos are. And I don't think people are going to ever stop taking them. But I think like as a community, we should stop indulging them. And uh, and I've been kind of relatively proud of people for the Deadpool ones. Some of you pundits out here are wild, bro. Like you guys are just throwing stuff out there. No warning. And you guys, you know, it makes me sad. I think that if you're that desperate to get clicks or attention for your content, like that's not a good sign and you should chill out. But um, I think we've reached the peak of this. And, and like, yeah, we can, we need really need to start just scaling back. Like I want to be surprised by movies again. I think there's a lot we should take from the last few years and what's happened. I don't think it's good to be oversaturated with knowledge and theories and, and, you know, pre or, you know, spoiled paths of everything that's coming. Like I would love to get back into a little more mystery. I don't know about everybody else. I would like to just be kind of going into movies colder. Brywood says he doesn't watch trailers. I don't watch trailers anymore either. I try to avoid as much exposure about what a movie is about these days as my job will allow. Mostly that's good. Sometimes it gets a little weird. It's screening season now. So like I'm walking into a lot of these Oscar movies, not knowing what they're about. So the Iron Claw, Saltburn, May, December. These are all somewhat surprising things. I'd wish I kind of maybe watched a trailer about at some point. But, you know, on the whole, I stick with my theory. Um, But the other part of thing, this that I want to talk about is how Ryan Reynolds responded to it. Right. Because I sent out a tweet about this, but like he this man is like low key, a modern media, like marketing genius and kind of like how he responded to this. If you're not up on it, he basically went out and he started flooding the zone with his own fake Deadpool set photo leaks and kind of put that out there and appealed to fans to make that trend over the actual photos. And he did a, and he did a pretty damn good job of it. Like people started reporting on that instead because Ryan Reynolds knows that people like Jim Viscardi or Joe Blackman of comicbook.com will report on everything he says or does or tweets. And it was funny to see him respond in that way. I mean, he sent out a letter and, uh, but he didn't get angry or like just start banning. He just flooded the zone with new stuff. And I think there's a lot of people who can learn from Ryan Reynolds. Like, yeah, people are going to look at this leak stuff, but if you just give them some bigger cookie to lick, they're going to lick that one instead, just to bring us all full circle with our squid game metaphors here. Um, did you guys venture into all this? Or did you guys, or were you just rolling your eyes and kept it moving on the internet like normal people? 
So the funny thing is, I actually saw the Ryan Reynolds response to the leaks before I actually saw the leaks. So yeah. Now if you go and try to find the leaks, all of the coverage is just on Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, he's brilliant. So this dude (laughs) played some 3D chess with the internet and won. That's what I'm saying. You're you're talking about how like he's so good at handling media. Go look up the new Patrick Willems video that he did on him and Dwayne Johnson. These guys are like marketing geniuses when it comes to all aspects of their public persona. And this was a perfect demonstration of that. Yeah. So I think going in, like, can we just appeal to everybody? Like, do we really want these things anymore? Do you really want to know everything that's going to happen in Deadpool 3? I mean, we did this kind of stuff for The Flash. How much fun was that, guys? But aren't yeah. we part of the problem? Like, isn't art sites like comic book? We have to report on them. So like, no, we don't do it. Not us necessarily, but like most of these entertainment sites, like they exist for spoilers. Like I get it. People like to read about comic books, you know, sometimes, but like they're really digging for MCU leaks. Like that's what people want. So I just yeah. feel like it's just a preference thing. If you don't like it, avoid it. If you, you know, if you, if you're into it, go for it. I'm not offended by it. I just like ignore it. I think the difference, I think what's changed is like there used to be a code of things like you could say Deadpool 3 set photos. And when it was all a Google based game, like in the early screen rant days, that was a headline. You had to click the headline, go into the article, scroll down and find the thing. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, everything is kind of different. Like I said, like Twitter, people aggressively chasing clicks and content and just throwing stuff out. I'm not going to mention the pundit's name. You all know who it is, but like one of our younger pundits, I mean, he just straight up put a headline saying these dead full set photos. show this, 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 and this, and just blasted that out on Twitter to all of his followers. And even some of his more loyal followers were like, bro, don't WTF. Like I just woke up and like, I in no way wanted to see this. Like, what are you doing? And it's just unfollow unfollow. Yeah. And it's just like, there's a way to cover things. Yes, that we have to be in the industry. And, you know, you're not going to say this very often, but somebody like Brandon Davis is a good example. Uh, like, you know, he'll say something and say like, hey, this happened, but we're not going to show you guys this. And I don't advise you to go look at it. I advise you just to wait, you know, but it is out there. Um, yeah, there's always going to be a Reddit thread. Lord knows there's always going to be a Reddit thread for everything. Okay. So like, if you want to find those places, that's fine. But like, I don't I think as an industry, we need to start transitioning, like what kind of content do we really need? Do we really need that? Or do you need an article just telling people it's out there? That's different. It's a fine line, but it is an important line of difference. And you can say, hey, there's some Deadpool set photos. They put up interesting theories. We're not going to tell you what they are. If you want to find them, you can. But uh, it raises interesting questions about the movie. The end. And that's a way to keep the discussion going without spoiling everything for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's a rare soapbox moment. I just kind of was annoyed this week about this. So that's my whole spiel. And uh, I'm done. If nobody else has any things to say. <laughs> no, I think it was it. well said. I'm, uh, you know. I think we should probably take a break and then we'll come back and uh, we're going to jump into the game awards. The game awards. So let's take a break. This is Comic Book Nation.
Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I was getting some in-studio stretching, but I was still muted, so uh, <laughs> trying to keep it loose in here. So we are back on. Yes, thank you, guys. We knew we knew that we were on. We were unmuted. I sent a, the team a message to say everybody mute. We didn't want Matt uh, tooting or anything like that. Before. Really? You got to bring um, my daughter sold me out. She sold me out. <laughs> <Dave>. <laughs> uh, we're gonna post that on socials because it's so cute. If if you're okay with it, but yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, Matt's daughter gave us the pre, the best pre-show moment I think we've had so far in this show. Um, and Speaking of my daughter, real quick. Speaking of Ember, real quick. She gave me a birthday present, and it's literally my favorite mug ever. And Aww. she got such a she got such a kick out of it because it was a cow that had no face. So <laughs> that's. Uh, <laughs> That's the level of humor in this house, and I love it. Love the utter feet. I know, know. and and their grips. So like they don't they don't leave like any. It's it's amazing. Anyway, it's practical and amazing. All right, sorry. Well, shout out to Amber. No, I mean we'll take an Amber moment. Uh, (laughs) Amber buddies. Uh, Matt, you're you're up. Why don't you? Oh yeah. What's going on with the Game Awards? Boy, so it was. uh, It's been a week for gaming, huh? We had GTA. (laughs) Finally, you know, uh, get that trailer. Yeah, listen to our GTA trailer reactions because we had a whole plan for that. And then, we're, you know, speaking, speaking of leaks. leaks. <laughs> yeah, that thing. Uh, utterly, it, ridi- <laughs> utterly ridiculous. Good, we got perfect. Yeah. Well yeah, done, everyone. And well done, Damon. Yes. In the comments, that was a. That's a oh, my joke. God. But yeah, definitely take a look at that. That's on the, uh, you know, comic book uh, and comic book nation YouTube pages there. Definitely check that out. It was great. Uh, I was bummed I couldn't be here for that. But uh, very excited for that game. But uh, the Game Awards came out swinging. Everyone actually thought that was going to break there first. But it looks like, uh, I don't know, seems like maybe they didn't need it. They had plenty of other announcements uh, in the chamber. First, we'll go with one I think will make Kofi very happy is that Twisted Metal is getting a season two. Uh, that show was, if you didn't watch it, we we had a lot of breakdowns uh, on the podcast for that show as well. But it was delightful. And Samoa Joe is a great sweet tooth. And I'm very excited about getting more of that. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yes. Like, I, I still, I still, if, it, if, oh, by the way, buddy, if you might see me, uh, oh, wait, we can't say that here, but uh, I'll talk to you about that offline. But yes, Twisted Metal was very good and like highly enjoyable. I, I picked it as my f- kind of most anticipated TV series of the summer, and I stand by that. I, I loved that series. It was a great kind of binge watcher near binge i forget if they released it in batches i forget how it happened i don't think um, so i think it was all one it was all at once yeah yeah. so yeah it was a great binge watch and stephanie beatriz and 
Anthony Mackie and Samoa Joe and the whole cast was so good. Nev Campbell, like as a villain, like it was just so good. And they sold me on it before even getting to the end of the actual premise of the game and having the twisted metal tournament, which is the premise for season two. And I can't wait because it's everything I wanted to see and more and, you know, plus the stuff I didn't even know I wanted to see. And I can't wait for this. So this was a surprise hit and, I, and I'm so excited for this. Yeah. And speaking of surprises, uh, no one saw Marvel's next big announcement, which was a Blade game. <laughs> the, uh, uh, <laughs> number one, a lot a lot to process here, because number one, it's a Blade game. It's a third person action game, but it's also being made by Arcane uh, creators of Dishonored and Deathloop. And then also it's an Xbox exclusive. Now it's a couple years away, oh. but it's uh, plenty of time for you to get an Xbox and, uh, and play this game when it when it hits. But awesome trailer i i mean i you know it's we're gaming fans marvel gaming fans i mean just in the last in the next couple years and then in the last couple years we've had guardians of the galaxy spider-man we have a wolverine game coming from insomniac and now we've got a blade game coming so uh some pretty cool you know characters i did not think this one would like i you'd heard rumors and stuff and maybe some being development but i didn't honestly think they'd they'd make it happen so this is great what'd you guys think Uh, i'm a little concerned on this one like really? I love Beast of Blade. I'll start there, but this is from it, it is from Arcane, so everyone goes, "Oh my God, Dishonored one and two, Death Loop." But it's like, yeah, but they also just did Redfall, and they did true? the they did the Wolfenstein that nobody liked recently, and so it's not like they're batting a thousand. And the fact that it's Xbox exclusive for someone like me, and we in this house we play PlayStation Five and Nintendo Switch. <laughs> So if you're going to make me shell out money for an Xbox series, whatever the hell they're calling it, this thing here not my freaking son. Yeah, it's the first sign of that Bethesda. There's that there's that Bethesda, you know, purchase part of the Xbox family. Everyone was kind of waiting to see when that would really start to take hold. Lo and behold, here we, here we go. That's going to be, you know, this is a couple years out. So all of those kind of, hey, we're going to play nice. We're going to have things on other if, things. If the next Doom is Xbox exclusive, that might be what gets me to buy the system before this does. Oh, I love me some Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal. It's interesting, though, just, just to see the level, because right now, what are we getting? We got like Wolverine in the pipeline, Blades in the pipeline. Don't we have a Wonder Woman game in the pipeline? Yep. Wonder Woman game yep. coming from uh, the makers of Shadows of Mordor and um, like which who? which sounds awesome because it's going to use the Nemesis system. Uh, then there's always the, I feel like been in development for 80 years, but the Suicide Squad, <laughs> Suicide Squad games oh, coming. We don't have to talk about that one anymore, man. <laughs> so we got a lot of stuff coming. Janelle, any any thoughts? Are you excited? I was excited until the Xbox thing, and I'm not going to play it now. <laughs> yeah, you know, I messed. I'm just I not. I'm just this is what I f with our fans though, because ha- most of our regular fans are in here like, nah, bro, I'm not doing Xbox. It's PS5. Yeah, yeah I'm PS5 Switch as well. Like, you yeah, know, same. That's, yeah, that's sorry, Blade, but it was nice that's, talking that's about you. Shame. Yeah, and it what looks else we got? Awesome. Now there yeah. is a uh, just just to to clear up, there is a a rumor that a rumor that it is not an Xbox exclusive, but I, it was, that was the reported thing out there. 
<laughs> so that was official. We'll see if that maybe gets ironed up or, or, or clarified at some point. But so far, it's an Xbox exclusive. As a PS5 owner, I do hope it comes over here because it's going to be a minute. The next console I buy is probably a Nintendo Switch. So I don't I don't have an Xbox in my immediate future. But we'll see. Next up, though, uh, is a game that I did not see coming either. Uh, Jordan Peele... <laughs> Hideo Kojima. Gaming collabs this year have been wild, bro. Team up. <laughs> it's a horror game. It's called, I'm going to guess Odd. It's OD. It's literally OD. <laughs> I'm going to guess Odd. But uh, we know next to nothing aside from this rather, you know, weird, <laughs> weird trailer. Um, but again, if you know these two people, especially Hideo, that's not... You know, that's not out of the wheelhouse. Uh, Wacky is part of the mix. So uh, this could be something really interesting. Um, I know at some points in time, you know, we had like uh, Guillermo del Toro involved in things and, and those did not, you know, necessarily pan out. So I'm hoping this one is like a real thing that ends up happening. So it, it certainly looks that way. But uh, any thoughts? It looks creepy, man. Yeah. The renderings of these actors are... are oh, insane. God. Oh, God. Stop it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I recognize both those actors, and it's like, yeah. yeah. We were getting so, so scary close. Looking. Yeah. We all getting digitized soon, man. We're getting so close. All right. But, yeah, I mean, I'm interested. Jordan Peele and Hideo Kojima is, like, right up there with... Uh, 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 Miyamoto and uh, Avi Arad, right? Like, that's... That's yeah, pretty boy, wild. That was, no one saw that partnership. No, nope. uh, so here, here we go. And yeah, yielding go. a billion or whatever. Uh, the next one I'm very excited about because uh, Jurassic Park Survival uh, is a, I mean, we've had a lot of different games in the Jurassic Park you know, universe. We've had everything from park builders to uh, being able to, you know, raise your own dinosaurs. And then, of course, things that kind of put you in the middle of everything. But this one has a very, this one, like it's the execution on the trailer. Uh, it's the fact that it's set, you know, after the original Jurassic Park, number one. So it hits all the nostalgia feels. Even the trailer has like shots of like Alan's hat and, and things like that. But then it's that people were left behind when everyone left and got out of Dodge. There were some people that didn't make it off the island. And so mm -hmm. essentially it's putting you in their shoes as a first person survival, you know, survival game. And it's the trailer is really well done. I mean, it's actually the, the graphics are super impressive, but uh, it's the fact that there's some gameplay shown right at the end. And it's just the, you know, having to make it through this place, trying to I mean, I imagine it's you're going to be collecting resources, you're going to be shooting and stuff like that and, and trying to, like, make your way through. They tease some things from like cold storage and some great stuff. I, it was just it shows what a trailer can do. Now, obviously, we got to see how this full thing plays out, because I always flash back to stuff like Dead Island, which had that phenomenal trailer. And then the game oh was just OK, yeah, right? <laughs> you know, oh. but but so far, this trailer knocked it out of the park, it had everyone talking. This this looks great, but any any thoughts overall? I still want a movie based on that Dead Island trailer. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I want a game that lives up to that Dead Island trailer, please. That was um, fantastic. No, this. I mean, this is a simple. Like, I like simple enough premises, and this is same. Yeah, yeah. This looks simple, exciting, and a place I would want to be immersed in. Like, yeah. Granted, it's, it's all us who grew up with the original film. Exactly. You know? 
Like um, it's yeah. yeah, it's pretty cool. And the original film was freaky and and it scared me. And it's still one of the, those experiences I won't live down. I've told this story before, but I was at my best friend's birthday party. We went to see that that year and it was in this big theater and I had drank so much soda because we all got like, you know, you go to a birthday party, you get like little kids packs or whatever. And I was holding it and holding it and holding it. And when that raptor jumped out of the wall and she found Sam Jackson's arm, I nearly peed myself. And I had to <laughs> run out of there and go to the bathroom so bad and run back because I was so into that movie. But like I could never live it down at school because for the rest of middle school, like everybody just told the story that I was so scared of Jurassic Park that I ran and never came back because this was like our neighborhood movie theater and people thought I like ran out and never returned. And so that just became the story that I was like so terrified of Jurassic Park. But now I'm going to show everybody when I jump into this game and I go in there and I hunt my way off this island. I'll show you I'm not scared. So Amazing. Uh, yeah, it looks it looks really fun. I mean, obviously, uh, I know we got to hit other stuff. So just real quick, a couple other little things that were, were pretty exciting. Uh, Sega just like announced that, hey, we're bringing back like a ton of our franchises that everyone used to love. And we're doing new ones and we're doing them over the next couple of years. And Crazy Taxi's great. Uh, but Jet Set Radio was my jam. As everyone knows, Dreamcast is my favorite <laughs> gaming system, gaming console. I will stump for that all day long. Uh, Jet Set Radio was a huge part of that. And uh, I've, it, it looks gorgeous. Like they, they showed CD. just a little bit of stuff. But, Sega uh, CD, your uh, second favorite? Sega CD? No, no, it's not. Thank you very much. I think it's actually <laughs> PS2. I think PS2 is my, my second favorite, probably. Oh, what was that one that other studios tried to put out? Oh, they had the Jaguar. The, the Jaguar, 3DO. and there was a 3DO in the yeah, Jaguar. 3DO. Yeah, there was a time when there was like 10 consoles at once, and yeah. we were all just and, like, oh. uh, my my dad uh, got tried to get me to really, really Neo Geo. The Neo there was, Geo. I did want a I did want a Game Gear for like a long oh, time. Yeah, you probably had an Ouya. No, Game Gear was. I did not have an Ouya. Thank you very much. No, Game Gear was legit though. That was a legit handheld. Yeah, it just ate batteries more than yes, it played it games. Uh, oh my god, it just destroyed batteries. Yeah, but no, uh, that was my dad actually tried to get me to buy a Jaguar and a. Uh, 3DO, and then tried to get me to purchase a Nintendo 64 over a, an original PlayStation. I never went with his decisions, and I've lived my life for the better in console. I can see you buy. <laughs> I can see you shelling out for like the premium Sega Saturn with Echo the Dolphin and all that. I yeah. did have a Sega Saturn, but I didn't buy it. It was given to me. <laughs> it was given to me, and I played a lot of Tomb Raider on it. It was wonderful. Uh, no, but uh, the the last couple Monster Hunter. Had a brand new game wilds got announced that was kind of the big final uh, announcement from the game awards and then in some fun like hey it's available now final fantasy 16's dlc uh there's two one is coming in 2024 but then one is like literally available today so it's all i always love those kind of stealth you know things of like yeah we knew it was coming but it's still cool that like hey you can do it now you can go download or not so game awards lots of stuff that was just the surface there was a ton of announcements you can check out all that coverage on the gaming side of comic.com oh man i just scrolled out i did not look at this show what did you do to this rundown how i long did what do you mean what i do to the rundown you it's been there the something. whole time i never looked i just did it and then I. it was just like, grows and grows over the course oh of my three God. days wow this is what you think okay we're All right, gonna we're gonna cut that really one. Fast. No, we're no, gonna no, cut the one I recommend. That. That's no, that's the one that we want to talk about. We're gonna cut some of this other stuff. All right, so we're gonna talk about Mr. God, and Mrs. Smith reboot trailer that seemed to impress people. I don't think anybody was looking for another Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but we got it with Donald Glover starring, and uh, it it looked like this could be an entertaining series to watch. Am, am I crazy? Is anybody oh, it's else? a series? Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I didn't feel any chemistry between the two of them. Mm. I'm not sold at all. Like it's really hard to like take something that was such an iconic film from that time. And it literally was one of like the biggest gossip moments in Hollywood. Like Brad Pitt left Jennifer Aniston for his, you know, for Angelina Jolie from this movie where they played husband and wife, like the chemistry was off the record. Like it was crazy. And I just did not feel anything between the two of them. I also look at them and I'm like, I don't really like, it just doesn't, I don't know. I just didn't, I don't, I'm not sold. I love, I love Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I love the premise of the idea. If I had never seen the original Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I would probably be like, yo, this is amazing. But like the comparison is, I don't know. I'm going to struggle with it. I think. I don't want to make you feel old, but, uh, that movie came out in 2005. We are talking nearly 20 years Ooh. old now. So yeah. There is an entire generation who has no idea what Mr. and Mrs. Smith <laughs> is. Who has no idea who Angelina Jolie like, why is. Who, has no, who barely knows who Brad Smith is or Brad Pitt is and only knows who Jennifer Aniston is because nobody can let go of friends. So <laughs> like, that's it. Well, I don't like, care about uh, them. I care about myself and what I think. Yeah. And I'm not right. sold. Okay. No, no. Also, a lot of people, I will, I will dispute, I will not dispute most of that, but I will say, I will dispute, I think most people know who Jennifer Aniston is. Yeah, I said that because no, but friends, not because of friends. Know. I think like in the post career, it's, it's not the morning show. It's we're the Millers and mm. the friends reruns. That's I, that I agree. That's the bulk of her career. Like, that's the things that made her popular. And, I, and wait, I'm not slamming. I love Jennifer Aniston. I'm saying that's, that's why these modern kids I'm talking about the gen. If anything, I'm slamming Gen Z. These damn <laughs> young. Yeah, I just feel like that film was like magic chemistry between them, even though I did not like them together. I was a team Aniston and Brad Pitt. I well, still like you can't you deny it on camera, you know, like yeah. in a in a very digestible well, and camera in that way. In I, that, I agree with Janelle. Of it. I agree with I Janelle. Just, I, I just didn't feel is... any chemistry between the two of them in this trailer. Like it just felt like two actors acting. Oh, I, well, I like them. I just agree I like with you separately. on the iconic part of Mr. Yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith is like. It's such a lightning in a bottle type of type of movie. Uh, but I do agree. Uh, but I do like that they are trying to do something different. So if you are going to adapt that mm-hmm. premise, you know, even in interviews, they've talked about like they're really kind of going a different way with stuff and it's going to surprise oh, people. Cool. So I think that's good. I think that's smart. But sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Connor. Oh, you're fine. I was honestly just glad that I finally have the answer to the question. What the hell has Glover been up to lately? Atlanta's <laughs> over. He hasn't made music in years. And I know that Deadpool show wasn't going to happen. So I'm like, what are you doing? And then it's finally he's like, oh, he's making another show. Awesome. Well, he's done. A, I mean, he's always he's doing something. A, he he's, does he's a also, ton. I just haven't seen him in a minute. He's also kind of reli- like launching an entire new creative based kind of agency for Hollywood. He's been doing a lot of crazy stuff. But in the end, I think this show is really for everybody who wants uh, Childish Gambino and Janelle Ieko to get back together. But guys, that's not <laughs> you know, it's not happening. Wow. Like, just, 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 yeah, what, I like that. Yeah. That's good. This All is right. the album you. This is a collab album you wish they made. But you know. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, but uh, you know, we are. It is what it is. But uh, moving right along, let's cut like uh, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. We have interviews with the cast that are now up on ComicBook.com. Uh, check that out. Uh, me and Connor actually stepped out. It is screening season. Um, yeah, I'm part of the Nashville Music City Film Critics, and so me and Turn Up Charlie Ridgely are screening so much stuff. So we're only doing a couple things this week, but I've actually seen like 1,800 movies this week, and some of them are pretty wild. I can't wait for you guys to see some of that stuff. Saltburn is wild. 
American fiction is really wild with Jeffrey Wright, uh, one of my favorite, easily favorite films. I just got one, done watching May, December with Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore. That was wild as well. But me and Connor got to step out and see something that was more in his wheelhouse last night. Uh, what do we do? You can tell him what we checked out. Well, we got to check out the Iron Claw, the long-awaited A24 movie that recaps uh, the lives and tragedies of the Von Erich family. Um, if you're a wrestling fan and you know that name, uh, you kind of know where this story is going to go. Um, Cove, I'm curious to see how you thought about this one. You knew that I was a bit on the fence about a few things walking out of the theater. I've had a time to kind of you know, gestate and kind of give a little bit more thought to it. But from a non-wrestling fan, what would you think of this one? Well, I mean, I was a wrestling, full disclosure, I was a hardcore wrestling fan in the, in the 90s. I just fell off in the 2000s. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I still admire it, but I didn't re- I didn't know all the ins and outs. Like, my my knowledge started with WWF, mm-hmm. which is, like, the tail end. So the, all the factors, and what I watch a lot of wrestling documentaries about now is I like the stuff focused on what led into WWF and Vince McMahon basically taking over that whole industry from all the smaller kind of independent or family owned operations that it used to be. And, and then it kind of coalesced and then became this big thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I, this era I'm not so familiar with. So this was interesting to me and I don't, and I've never studied the Von Erics cause they weren't favorite wrestlers of mine. Their name just sounds too German for a black guy. I'm sorry, but it was just, you know, there weren't the guys I was rooting for in wrestling. Mm-hmm. So this was an interesting, I just kind of came into this cold as a biopic and, and I found it interesting. I think there are some really good performances. I think this is the best cult make here. I forget always mispronounce his last name. But, uh, you know, I'm talking about a guy from uh, Mindhunter, uh, cult. In a, cult McCallany. Cult McCallany, yeah. Um, this is probably, if there's ever an award season thing this guy should get as a character actor, uh, it's for this movie as the dad. He's really, really good. Um, I think it's a surprising work from Zac Efron, who a lot of people might not figure can tackle something like this uh i think but everybody in this is pretty good and gives some pretty good compelling performances uh mm-hmm. jeremy allen who we who is now blown up uh, obviously because of the bear is is in it and uh another guy who's uh jeremy allen white uh mm-hmm. and another guy who's coming up is harris dickinson who plays david von eric he's currently in uh the hulu show uh, a murder at the end of the world and he's been in a bunch of stuff like Scrapper and Don't Look at the Demon and See How They Run and uh, Where the Craw Daddy Sing. And so he's been in a lot of like art house stuff. People might not know him quite yet, but he's really good as David. And so I thought the filming was really like well done. It was actually the way, you know, Sean Durkin does a good job kind of directing this. And, you know, wrestling, we've seen. Sean Durkin made Martha, Martha, uh, Martha, Marcy, May, Marlene, and so a bunch of other stuff. Um, that was kind of Elizabeth Olsen's big breakout movie. But the way he films this and the details that he captures and kind of focuses on, I thought were really interesting. And it made wrestling itself look really good, which is a hard, hard thing to do in cinema. There are, uh, and I think like in terms of the wrestling of it all, like I think some of this was, better than you know what i saw in like the actual movie the wrestler or fox catcher or you know other movies like that the wrestling scenes were really compelling mm-hmm. it captured the actual even though wrestling we know scripted the actual athleticism the strain the kind of yeah blood sweat of it all like it, it kind of really puts you in there and just the the capturing and kind of 
painting the mind state of wrestlers, you know, as these kind of blue collar folk heroes who go through this intense process of training themselves, hurting themselves, training themselves, hurting themselves all. And it didn't go as deep as a bio. I mean, but that's not what this biopic who is obviously the family is part of it. It's always going to be something like when you make what we were just talking about the Freddie Mercury thing, right? Like, you know, when you make it with when Queen is making the Queen biopic, you know, there's going to be certain things you're going to have to accept. Nobody's right. making a only really brave souls are making a biopic that's like, yeah, here's how good, bad, and ugly I really am. Like, you know, mm -hmm. people are going to clean up some things. So I get that part of it. But I, I thought it was good about kind of showing the kind of mental and emotional strain wrestling can take on a person. So Absolutely. I think it'll do good things for the sport if if nothing else. So. Right. So I, I think as far as the positives go, you hit on a lot of them. The cast is absolutely stacked, but you know that going in just by looking at the list of who's featured. Um, what it really does well is capturing the emotional moments that a documentary like A Dark Side of the Ring couldn't. The moments that you get with the relationship between the brothers, the very complicated relationship the dad has with all of his kids and being able to capture what territory era wrestling looked like. It wasn't just, hey, a thing that you go to because it's a traveling show. It was, no, this was as commonplace as going to a high school football game on a Friday night for big parts of the country. It was just a social staple of something that you did. It's not something, it, nowadays it's a special occasion. It's because, hey, WWE or AEW are in town. No, it was just the thing you did on Saturday nights if you were in Georgia or Texas or the Carolinas or Louisville. Kentucky, it's all the South. Like, I mean, the, yeah, my the grandmother's town is a mile is, long. The Sportatorium like, is held up as like one of the meccas of that era of wrestling, and the Von Erics were a massive reason as to why. Where the movie struggles is honestly trying to capture the entire story it kind of buckles under the weight of getting everybody's stuff in it's 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 told from zach efron's perspective as kevin von eric nominally but it's very much an ensemble type of movie and they're trying to get everything in so honestly you've got a lot of very talented actors fighting for screen time and there were times where I'm like, man, I wish Jeremy Allen White had more time to cook in this. There was actually a point where I thought maybe if you switched Jeremy and Zach's who they were playing, because honestly, Zach looks more like Carrie Von Eric, especially in his Texas tornado days. But then I thought, why not just tell it from Carrie's perspective? Because he's the Olympian who gets cut off from getting to go to the Olympics and then has to go back to his family and wrestle. And, it, and I'm not spoiling anything, guys. This is all. Yeah. This is well, all I mean, stuff. I'm not. I I'm think not there's a very clear logistical reason why they go with Kevin. And there, there is. And I think the ending, I won't say how, but that was the ending you were always going to get to, regardless of who you based the perspective of this movie on. Um, yeah, and but I, but I, I think I, I hate to I hate to give it this knock because I feel like it's it, it's lazy when we throw this on some. But had this been a miniseries from somebody like an HBO or an FX or a Hulu, I feel like it would have had more time to let everybody breathe and really get into the nitty gritty of what everybody was going through up until some a, a long series of tragedies occur. But I think. And I will say this to Sean Durkin from the title of it. That is the biggest clue. Like, I think there is a clear thematic focus to the movie that is cohesive. I don't think it's a biopic about everybody. Mm -hmm. I think it's a biopic about 
like what the title means is the iron claw is the hold of the father over yeah. over these boys and i feel like the movie does tell that story and that the, i mean we're not i'm not trying to spoil anything but i, I get why they chose kevin because that's going to be the most complete perspective in some ways mm-hmm. um and there is an element to this like i was getting emotional towards the end because of that last scene the culminating scene which is a very quiet scene yeah um but very powerful is there's a deeper story i think sean durkin's story is is the story of fathers and sons mm-hmm. is really what he's concerned about in this and, and from the that, kind from- of dual nature of a father which is you know and i get this because it's very prominent in my life dealing with like a very smart five-year-old child uh with his own struggles who was just like it is a complicated duality like you are both hero and monster to your sons mm-hmm. as a father and that's inevitable you cannot escape that no matter what it is but it's every little thing you do and the things you don't realize and how badly they can ripple through your your kids your family and where that comes from and how it affects you as a father then um i think by that last scene they pull it together that thematic idea really well so they do but the more you know about the story the more you realize that they honestly pulled their punches a bit on just how obsessed fritz von eric was with getting the nwa world championship on his kids and the lengths he was willing to go to i mean there are scenes where like there's one character in particular that has like a 10 second cameo where you go that could have been its own little subplot and it feels like that went up on the cutting room floor and that would have made you hate him all the more yeah i think in the end because we don't want to say too much about this because it's still coming out and people haven't seen it but i think that it's going to be an interesting conversation between wrestling fans and non-wrestling fans about this one. Yeah. Um, so somebody like yourself who knows history, I feel like there are going to be more Connor cases out there who kind of take some of the issues. You know. But um, yeah, we're getting inside baseball because we're like only two of the only people who've seen this. So let's get to something everybody can see and a little bit more on the positive side. Matt, do you want to plug a little Candy Cane Lane before we move yeah, on? Yeah, Candy Cane Lane. I was very, I was very excited for this. Number one, it's Christmas. Okay, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to watch it. No, but I was actually so, uh, it was like the whole family sat down uh, and, and watched this because it, the trailers kind of give, there's like a little bit of intrigue as to like what the plot kind of ends up being. And man, I just, this was so, like genuinely uh genuinely fun but but also like genuine like genuinely intriguing like i was actually along for the ride as as the plot starts to develop and essentially you know eddie murphy's family kind of is trying to work together uh to turn what was a christmas wish uh and that becomes kind of like hey like your whole family can be you know, uh, we'll have to sit in this Christmas shop for like the rest of their lives as like little bitty people <laughs> if, if like everything goes bad. So like it, it goes from being kind of this normal family comedy thing about this Christmas competition to then like having like real stakes. And when the whole family gets involved, like it's just it. And it's also really predicated on the like chemistry between uh, Eddie Murphy. And I, I want to make sure. um uh, oh my God! It's Madison Thomas uh, plays his youngest daughter, and um, they like they have a lot of the adventure unto themselves. Like they're just together throughout all this, and they're hunting for these things. I don't want to give like so much away, but like essentially they're hunting for these things that can kind of save their family. And it's just it was so it's so fun. Also, too, like the animation you're seeing some of it in the trailer. Like some of the characters are like these little you know Christmas. They look like those little Christmas villagers. And like 
Chris Red is one of them and is absolutely hilarious because he keeps trying to hit on the mom <laughs> throughout the entire the entire thing. It's just really like genuinely funny and so kind of different and, and bonkers than I thought it would be. But it also has all the kind of heart and family stuff that you love out of Christmas movies. So I I love this. I thought this was was so great. It was it really was a pleasant surprise. So it's it's on Amazon Prime. Or it's on Prime Video, I should say. I know everyone uh, they kind of have that distinction. So it's on Prime Video. Uh, DC Young flies in this and is great, by the way. I'm surprised you didn't do Merry Little Batman. How do we leave Merry Little Batman out of this thing? I thought you'd be all over that. Did that drop a, already? I think what? it's out today. Yeah, Merry oh, Little Batman's out. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna that'll be next week. I had to, I had right. to prioritize, but yeah, this is fun. You should you should go watch it. All right. Uh you're I mean oh, Matt, me. you're yeah. yeah, you're still gonna, up. It's wrestling time. Yeah, I'm gonna knock this out uh real quick because I know we gotta we gotta wrap soon. Um, you know, NXT deadline is hitting this Saturday. You can obviously catch all of our coverage uh, on comicbook.com of the event itself. And then we've also got already a interview with Trick Williams, who did a shout out. Thank you, buddy. Uh, did a shout out for the show. But also we can you can check out that whole interview on Comic Book Nation's YouTube channel. You can also check out uh, coming later today uh, an interview with Kalani Jordan as well, who was in the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. Uh, and there will be two of those matches at deadline. So make sure to check out our YouTube page for those and lots of other stories kind of coming from those. But um you know, I know I know Connor isn't really big in NXT. Doesn't really watch it and stuff. For um, good reasons. But, but uh no, no good reasons. They're all yeah, trash. <laughs> They're all trash reasons. Don't don't bring that in here. Uh one of the things I will start off with was and it's a somewhat of a of a sad note because uh Wesley was supposed to be involved in this uh premium live event. Uh and but uh he ended up revealing on this last week's NXT that um, you know, he's just in a lot of pain. Uh, it turns out when we when we uh, talked to Shawn Michaels during the uh, press conference that he's been dealing with he's been struggling with some issues with back and things like that for a while. But the pain has just gotten to the point where he cannot compete. And so he's going to have to have back surgery, uh, as we saw with Randy Orton. That is something that can take you off the table for quite a bit. Um, you know, it's the the thing is kind of eight to ten months kind of ballpark and so it's just it's just unfortunate you never want to see that happen you never want to see someone especially with him because he had come back from an injury it was doing so well and kind of ramping up um his kind of big push and and this was a you know a, a match for the north american championship so it's just a shame anyway but it's also a shame because he was getting a spotlight so um our best uh wishes speedy recovery uh to wesley uh he's amazing and, and hope to see him back soon um for the Iron Survivor challenges. We've got a men's and a women's. Uh, for I'm gonna make picks here. I think uh, I think Trick Williams. I just think the momentum is there. I think he's he's gonna take it on this one because this one obviously gets you a title shot if you win. And uh, Ilya Dragunov and him already have history, so I think that's just gonna write itself. On the women's side, I think uh, I I personally uh, Fallon Henley is one of. Uh, the brightest stars in NXT's women's division, and I'm glad she's getting a, a chance to spotlight on this stage. I think Blair Davenport might take it because of the history with Lyra Valkyria from NXT UK, but I'm hoping for Fallon. Either way, though, stacked matches across the board. Uh, Connor, do you have any thoughts on, on who should win or who you would like to see get pushed uh, in those matches or on NXT in general? I feel like B Priestley should already be on the main roster. 
and uh, Tiffany Stratton should win it. But that's just me. Interesting. That's good. See, that's good. Look at you being positive. Way to go. Uh, and then the other only note uh, for me is that I'm excited. There's already been some rumors and stuff, but uh, Cora Jade has been missing from NXT. And I'm glad that she is, uh, I'm hoping anyway, if the reports are true and some of the teases that people have, have heard her voice when they like call into the <laughs> ticket thing and Can stuff we like just that. Cut that sound bite. Cora Jade's been missing and I'm glad. No, no, I'm <laughs> glad she's back. I'm glad she's back. Huge Cora Jade fan. It's it's not the same without her. So I'm hoping she makes, I'm a, makes, a, makes a trip back. Uh, so that is NXT deadline. Check out all our coverage. Uh, I'll be on Saturday and uh, covering all that for us here. Uh, and then moving in real Aaron quick. Corbin's in the main event. Yeah, okay. So here's the thing. I'm excited for other matches, but we just don't have the time. I got to move with other stuff. We don't have time. <laughs> so uh, moving into real quick, uh, Disney Lorcana news. Uh, if you've been able to find packs, good on you. Everyone's been hunting for them. I found one pack. I'm not kidding. Found one pack and pounced uh, because like those things are just hotcakes right now. It's, it's hard to find them. Uh, so Disney Arcana, on top of that right now, uh, their second set is in stores and people are trying to get those. But they announced their third set, which is uh, Into the Inklands um, or Inklands. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how to pronounce that, but hey. Give it my best shot here. Uh, from the picture you can see there, I'm excited. Number one, you can see uh, Stitch, Moana, obviously, are going to be big parts here. DuckTales, it features characters from DuckTales. Treasure, oh my god, I'm so excited. Treasure Planet, get some get some spotlight. Uh, uh, Disney, underrated Disney film. Uh, and then, of course, it's bringing new things to the game, like locations. So those are going to be, I mean, anyone who's played kind of a... Uh, card game like this uh, knows that locations can be uh, a really great thing and, a, and a, a boost to your strategy, especially if you get the right ones. And so I'm excited for that to come to this game, which I already really enjoy. Uh, so that's uh, Tabletop. Got all that out. Moving in the comics. <laughs> Moving in the comics. Uh, of course, you can check out our full comics rundown. Me, Kofi, and Jim Viscardi go off for like 30 minutes on. This was a huge week in comics. There were so many things to talk about. You can check out the poll list uh, on the main YouTube, comic book YouTube channel if you so choose. And I would recommend you do so. And please, please, please. Uh, but for now, I'm going to talk about this because I saw this book and thought Janelle. Because I saw the cover and I went, hey, Winter Soldier. I know Janelle loves Winter Soldier. Uh, Thunderbolts number one has him not just, and I was hoping, by the way, when I saw the cover, I was like, please don't let it be one of those things where like he's in like one page and like he's not really in it. But lo and behold, he's in the whole thing and he's leading a team. And I was very excited. So uh, I talked enough about comics this week. I'm going to shut up. Janelle, what did you think of this of this book? Did it did it meet the expectations? Yeah, I had a blast with this one. Um there were just like a lot of things happening that I I just kind of got thrown into this, not knowing what it was at all. Let me just start with that. And when I saw like Sharon Carter and I like in these like this weird outfit, like I don't know what's going on. Like I really don't, but I'm like, this is so cool. Um, there's Nazis and there's references to Cap and, uh, and it's just, it, it's a lot, but it's easy to follow. And it's really cool to see Winter Soldier being like Winter Soldier, because I really feel like Winter Soldier in the MCU has gotten soft as Bucky. Um, so like, I love like the long hair and I like him really aggressive and he's like brutal. And I, I'm just, it's Winter Soldier, which is, but like doing good and I love it. So yes, I'm sold on this. I love it. Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, this one, and especially when you said like, hey, he's being like, 
he's being a badass and like he's like yeah. there are legit consequences here like people die yeah yeah <laughs> spoilers <laughs> you know people die. i won't say who but like people die i like the team so far it's yeah Kofi, did you have a chance to check this one out connor i did not i i'm so like between the pull list and everything else we got to read just for content like yeah i just i have not gotten to this one yet it's good though you should you should check it out yeah, i, I enjoy it Looks like I would know. I do want to do want to take a look at it. So, more well, interested uh, in the new Thunderbolts concept, although I think it's the one by uh, King and Black Thunderbolts is by far my favorite. That was really good. But I will say, in the tease for next issue, there is some Kingpin, and I do hope we maybe get some of those things brought in because I agree, I really loved that that team of Thunderbolts. Um, I'm excited for the movie, but I will agree wholeheartedly with Janelle. I, this is the Winter Soldier I kind of want. And yeah. so I, I hope we, we take some cues here. I hope this is uh, bringing everything into synergy. But uh, that's comics. All right. And that is it for our 400th episode Ooh. of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture. If you guys are just getting into our show recently, yo, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And be sure to subscribe to our Comic Book Nation YouTube page and the main Comic Book new YouTube page because we got content going everywhere. This week alone, we recapped all the big trailers from CCXP and talking about Fallout, House of the Dragon Season 2, Godzilla versus or X-Kong, Halo Season 2. Like We went deep into all of those trailers, the footage, what we think about each of these shows or movies, all of that. We also did live reactions to Grand Theft Auto 6 right when that trailer leaked. We hopped on and gave you guys a whole bunch to think about and a whole lot to talk about. So be sure to check that out. Then we had this week's poll list where we were talking about Spider-Man, Gang War. What else? Would we, I forget what else we talked about. What was the second thing we talked about? Matt, poll list. Game what, awards. What was ah, no. Game Awards on the poll list. Oh, on the poll list. <laughs> You just weren't listening to a thing. I was no, I was reading something in our in our layout here. For okay. A second. Uh, no, we talked about uh, Batman and Amazing Spider-Man, Gang War and Mind Bomb. Yeah, okay, yeah, Mind Bomb. That was the other thing. Yeah, big things, big game-changing chapters of Spider-Man and Batman this week. So check out the poll list. And then we had our regular show. We just, wow, we only took off Thursday. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. So that's four episodes this week make sure you check them all out and this is comic book nation and, and once again i want to thank you guys my co-hosts if you want to talk to them you can talk to them uh well you can talk to me at kofi outlaw you can talk to me at Magular see <laughs> when my cat's not meowing at me you can follow me on youtube at connor j casey and you can find me at janelle wheeler on socials and just janelle on twitch 400 episodes next time we come back it'll be episode 401 which actually might be a doctor who episode we shall see Ooh. wow look at that so we want to thank everybody enough. again all of our fans everybody in the chat right now everybody who has been with this show uh in all honesty guys we are the longest surviving comic book show because of the fact that we have a dedicated fan base that you know, we don't jump to high Joe Rogan numbers, but every time we do this, you guys, we add another quality fan to this fan base and you guys steadily help us tick up. And no matter whatever they say, they're like, well, you guys keep entertaining this very dedicated group of people and it keeps growing slowly, but surely. And that's where we are in this year. I think we've added more friends than ever. So it's all in all through everything. It's been a good year. So 
this has been 400 episodes is the most nostalgic we're going to get until 800 episodes or a thousand. So, uh, or I'm kidding, and 500th episode will also be a big deal. So uh, 100 episodes to go till we get nostalgic again. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We are Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture, and we are out of here. Peace. Later. Later.